I want to tell you guys about No House Advantage. I'm already sold after reading the uh, name. No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps that you are used to using. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contest without having to make a single deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with your buddies. Use promo code EDGE, E-D-G-E, when signing up and... They will match your first deposit up to 20 bucks in free play. If your first time deposit is at least 10 bucks, you're getting a free PFF Edge subscription. It's 40 bucks for the entire year. You even get the draft guide in like, you know, seven months. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests, including all types of player statistics, featured player prop contests, combined players for different positions across several statistical categories. I mean, it's everything you could possibly want. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the app now. Use promo code P or I'm sorry, promo code EDGE, E-D-G-E, when you sign up and get a free PFF Edge subscription. It is, we're on to week four, baby. This is the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. We've just finished watching our Chiefs. Um, Really like a wire-to-wire kind of demolition of the Baltimore Ravens. I'm very happy. Well, I'm actually happy and sad. I I needed like nine, ten points from uh, Travis Kelsey in a non-PPR league and um, didn't quite happen. So that was a bummer. However... However, Ben, plus three and a half, money line, and then the prop king came through once again, feeding families, putting children through college, if it even still exists when these children are going to college, with the over two and a half prop. So I'm feeling good. I hope you are feeling as good as I am. Yeah, I mean, I at this point, I think it was almost a perfect week from a green line perspective on the NFL. I mean... Everything was right. I think the player props did really well, of course. So, I mean, yeah, if you're not taking advantage of it at this point, you're essentially paying for that PFF subscription. Uh, You could have paid for it this weekend, basically. And, you know, moving forward at this point, you would have definitely still had some cash in your pocket, even if you're like a min better. Um, So it's definitely uh, something to get on board with. I would would say that player prop tool is just on. Um, I've been using it. I wrote up some plays on it all weekend. Those went 6-0. So, I mean, I'm feeling just as good as you at this point, I think. So. I mean, look, we're just doing things for the people out there. The yeah. people need us, and we're here to help. Uh, let's let's move on to week four. Now, I'm hoping that over the course of the next like 15 minutes, we get a line on Patriots-Chiefs because Eric and I talked about this on the PFF forecast last night, and we went double or nothing steak dinner on this game because he, being an idiot, bet on Drew Brees uh, and lost. And so he's owes me a steak dinner at this point. He may owe me two. I may just buy two steaks in one dinner. Who knows? Eat them both, not give yeah, him anything. Exactly. Um, so where do you want to start? What's a game that's, that uh, caught your eye in week four? I mean, we can dive into it right away if we want to talk about some steak dinner action here. I mean, okay. New, Old, New England, Kansas City, it sounded like you guys agreed to the closing line as far as the price. So mm-hmm. um, I see it minus eight preseason, opening up minus eight, you know, basically right now as well. And then 
It moved down to minus seven, but I think it's probably going to settle back in closer to minus eight, minus eight and a half. You got to be feeling pretty good um, on that game at that price, do you not? Yeah, I mean, here's this is the thing that um, you know the Chiefs' defense looked good in this game, but I'm not going to overreact to defense. I'm not that. I'm not some sheep over here that one day talks about how defense is a is a function of the offenses they play and then all of a sudden believe in the Chiefs defense um, that we know that the Lamar Jackson Ravens are not good when they are losing and they were losing and they were losing by a lot and they sucked and um, if they're winning they're, they're much better so the difference is that I have a lot more faith we've seen um, the the New England Patriots play in many different styles of games. We've seen them run with Lamar, uh, with Cam Newton, uh, the design run game. We've seen them throw. Um, and their defense uh, is one that, yes, they still play man, but Bill Belichick, I think, is just in a different league. So um, at eight, eight and a half, give me the floor of, of Cam Newton. That's my, especially in a spot where this was kind of a prove-it game for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And now at this point, now that they've beaten the Ravens, they have that head-to-head win. They play in a division of complete losers. Like, it's really hard for them to lose home field at this point. Yeah, I mean, they bas- basically would have to donk off a couple of these games. But I do think this is, um, you know, the quote-unquote trap spot. But Cam Newton has been playing much better than I would have expected into the season. I think he's like... 32% of his throws have been positively graded, which I think is like the fourth highest mark through mm-hmm. two weeks. So, I mean, he's looked good. I think he's looked really good. He's getting a lot of credit for his rushing ability, but I think his passing ability has been right there as well. Of course, he has a little bit lower of an average depth of target than you'd want to see, but I definitely think that the offense is capable of moving the football. If that defense, you know, obviously it's going to regress back, but if it can play at all at the level that they once were, even in 2019, then I think uh, they're going to be uh, at least in this game, definitely and capable of covering that spread. Um, kind of like they were against Seattle. Of course, they got kind of the late touchdown to get close, but um, not actually pull through at the end. So I don't know. I think, I think it's definitely the game of the week. Unfortunately, it is a little light here coming up in week four. So what, what games are you targeting or what games you well, What's your second I, favorite game? I want, I want to ask. I want to get your take on a couple of games because, um, I'm, I'm on the fence here. I, I'm, last week I felt like I saw things clearly. This week, I don't know. So let me let me start with this one. Your Minnesota Vikings going to Houston, and the way that I'm looking at this game is I look at Houston. And I go, Houston has played by far the toughest schedule. Not only did they play the Ravens and the, and the Chiefs back-to-back weeks, but then they went to Pittsburgh and had to play the blitzing, pressure-heavy, you know, kind of very good defense um, Pittsburgh Steelers. Now they go back home. They're 0-3. They absolutely have to win this game. And they get the Minnesota Vikings, who, yes, have to win this game too. But my thought is the Minnesota Vikings suck. The Houston Texans are at least average. And so I see it at 3.5 right now, minus 108. Maybe it gets down to three. Uh, even at three and a half, it was, I think, four. Um, I am a big fan of the Houston Texans here. Uh, but I, I feel as though there's maybe something I'm missing out on. Is it Justin Jefferson? Is Kirk Cousins feeling? I, I don't know. What do you think? 
I mean, I'm definitely siding with Houston as far as like any sort of matchup base if you're comparing the two situations. I mean, Deshaun Watson's clearly the better quarterback. That receiving core, I mean, Will Fuller looks like he was fully healthy here in week two. So, of course, they've, you know, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen versus him is probably comparable. Justin Jefferson, I think, had a big week, but I don't necessarily think that that is uh, going to be stable going forward. I think he's going to be kind of hit or miss. So I am kind of siding with Brandon Cooks um, in that situation. Will Fuller, I do think they have better offensive playmakers that fit Sean Watson's skill set a lot more. So I don't know. I'm still uh, not really on board with Minnesota. I think this line was like minus one in the preseason. Uh, it's bumped out past the key number, minus three, out to minus four. So um, I think I would probably lean towards avoiding it at this point, but I do think that it's could be a situation where Houston essentially wins by two touchdowns. So I don't necessarily see it being that uh, close of a game in a lot of situations. So, all right, give me one. Give you one. Um, this is one I think we're going to be opposite on, so I'm going to give it to you. Indianapolis Good. at Chicago. Okay. I am going to fade the Nick Foles hero um, in Chicago, the savior in Chicago. And here's why. He was amazing under pressure in that in that comeback win against the Falcons, who, let's be honest, like the Falcons are just looking for ways to lose. Um, it, but overall, did not grade well. Grade in the, in the low 60s, was not super accurate. A lot of throws that were like, wow, where was that going? Now, I get that he came in the game, you know, and it was halfway through the game and all that. But, um, you know, if I and, and I think I would lay off this game, honestly. But if I had to bet it, you know, at two and a half, um, the Indianapolis Colts to me are a team that right now we're probably sleeping on a little bit. Um, but in Frank Reich, I trust. You gotta trust in Frank Reich. I mean, so, so that is good. I was kind of digging into this game a little bit because when I initially looked at it, I was kind of uh, on the Nick Foles bandwagon as well. Um, Philip Rivers, though, has looked a lot better than I would have expected him. I think just in general, I was probably lower on the Colts to start the season, and I don't think they've necessarily shown mm-hmm. um, that much that. of an ability. You know, basically through the first three weeks or two and one, they'd be, you know, what could min- what many would maybe classify as the three worst teams. I guess they lost Jacksonville then beat maybe the two worst teams in the NFL. Um, so in that regard, I don't really think they're that impressive. But Phillip Rivers has been playing well um, in PFS most predictive stats, so I do think that that is kind of working against it. But he hasn't necessarily done that against anybody. So I'm seeing some 2.5s. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple plus threes with juice. So I'm kind of thinking that if this line gets to plus three, I think it's a, a buy spot for me on the Chicago Bears at this point. So um, I think Nick Foles can maybe get it done here one more week, and then uh, we'll see. I mean, that visor that he had going on, it's, it was, just, uh, it's tough to go against. You don't want to fade a visor like that. You cannot you know? fade and a visor. <laughs> that, that's where Alvin Kamara, you know, he has the visor, he has the grill, he has the arm, um, not sleeves, but just the arm tape. Uh, he has the, the, I believe it's a Gucci necklace. Nick Foles is just... You know, one eighth of the way there, but it's still impressive. <laughs> there's some. There's got to be some way to measure that swag, but I don't know if it's quite possible. You can't. Uh, the you limit can't. does not exist. Your swag meter breaks. Um, okay, here's here's one that I um, that I think I feel pretty good about. So the Dallas Cowboys, four and a half point favorites at home. The Cleveland Browns are coming to town. The Cleveland Browns beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Big whoop. Big whoop. They were losing to the Washington football team. 
Had it not been for Chase Young getting injured and Dwayne Haskins, I mean, just self-destructing, they lose that game. The Cleveland Browns, to me, are not very good. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys' offense is potent. And, yes, they lost to the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl. So I, I don't really have a problem with that. Four and a half, must-win game for the Cowboys. Um, I, the Cleveland Browns, to me, do not feel like a team ready to play in this game. And maybe you can make that argument for the Cowboys as well. But Dak Prescott is a supremely superior quarterback, much better offense. The only thing that worries me is the Cowboys deciding to all of a sudden run the ball and establish the run and all that garbage. Um, but I have faith in Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I mean, the home favorite thing, but I do think this is a completely different Dallas team from like what you said, the coaching perspective with Mike McCarthy. I think he has shown the ability to be aggressive, so I don't think they're necessarily just going to settle being, you know, four and a half point favorites. So I would lean towards Dallas at this point because it is, it is impossible to back Cleveland. Um, they've looked, you know, obviously they didn't cover week one against Baltimore, didn't cover against Cincinnati. And like you said, Dwayne Haskins essentially gifted them that game on yes. three or four different occasions at this point. So, I don't know. It seems like there's got to be something going on under the surface. Of course, you know, obviously we don't know what's happening with team dynamics, but it just seems like Odell Beckham doesn't really want to be there or play. Jarvis Landry essentially isn't involved whatsoever. So, they're supposed to have a pretty good receiving core, but, I mean, Dallas has been absolutely lights out for the last three weeks. So, in a game where they absolutely have to win, I mean, NFC East is complete garbage at this point but i think if they you know can get a few wins in here they're going to be fine but i think they, this is a game that they have to win so they have to win for like mike mccarthy's sanity, sanity right yeah. like they don't have to win for the nfc east the nfc east is a is a trash fire but um the questions are i mean because their one win is like what the hell was that right you right. know so it's like almost like you're actually going over I if mean, it, it was beating the Falcons, which basically doesn't even really count as a win count. at this point. So, it does not count. Um, so let's see. Okay, I got a game for you. I know um, might be a little bit interesting as well. So Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Ooh. This game's opened up. I think preseason it was minus three and a half for Cincinnati. Cincinnati opened up this week minus three. It's kind of sitting in between that minus three, three and a half price range. If if you're betting it, what number are you betting at, and how is it? How would the line movement basically affect your decision if you moved elsewhere? I would, I would love a three and a half. That being said, I think the play here is Jags money line, mm-hmm. and um, at, at three, I think the play is Jags money line. And the reason for that is that Joe Burrow is is playing one on eleven, like. He has, and it's not because his receivers are bad. His receivers are fine, but the offensive line is so atrocious. Um, I just, I can't with a defense that is that porous and an offensive line that is that non-existent. Um, being a three-point favorite to anybody, particularly a Jaguars team who, yeah, they played poorly on on Thursday, but they played really well in, in back-to-back games as, as underdogs. And my whole thing with them was they're bad. They're bad favorites. But I love this team as an underdog, and they're an underdog again. Um, and they're an underdog to the fucking Bengals. Like, that is a slap in the face, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you guys suck. <laughs> but this was no. the worst team in the NFL last year, and you guys are an underdog. So give me Gardner Minshew on rest. Um, and I also like Doug Marone. Uh, I, I just think Doug Marone is an underrated coach, especially relative to Zach Taylor, 
who has shown me very little thus far. Yeah. So plus three and a half, you're buying plus three and a half on the spread, or if it gets to plus three, you're basically going all the way in for the money line at that point, it sounds like. Yeah, so if I, as I see it right now, I think it's, I, I see it at three. Okay. And I would just take Jaguars money line at like plus 150, plus 160. Right, yeah, that's perfect bet. Minshew Mania, we're back for week four. I'm back. So. And, and here's the problem. I, I have been all over the Burrow cover train. Right. Undefeated against the spread. Legend. Or do you do you feel similarly? I mean, cuz I really have trouble betting against Joe Burrow. Right. I mean, I do I do think 3 and a half is completely different than 3 at this point. So if I could get Cincinnati at minus 3 or if that moved down to minus 2 and a half, if, you know, Jacksonville actually gets ahead, that's where I'm comfortable at. Mm. If I see 3, I'm probably just avoiding it. I actually I hadn't thought too much about the money line until you brought it up, but I am kind of intrigued to dig into that a little bit more. At 3 and a half, I probably lean towards Jacksonville um and feel pretty good about it. At 2 and a half, I probably lean towards Cincinnati and actually feel pretty good about it as well, but 3 is kind of like a dead zone for me at this point. So, I'm interested to see if there's some line movement that we can uh yeah. maybe skirts up some value or something but that's kind of right now i think i think they got the market really, really well priced of where it's currently at so all right um my san francisco 49ers are they are a mash unit and kyle shanahan is just dogging coaches in the post i mean it's it is it is a clinic an absolute clinic income the philadelphia eagles they are an absolute disaster Seems to set up really well for another clinic to be put on by Kyle Shanahan. Six point uh, spread right now, though it's it's kind of between six, six and a half, minus 115 right now is what I see. Um, here is my one concern. It's not really concerned about the Eagles all of a sudden being good. I, I just don't think they're very good. But the 49ers have no reason. Now I know they're getting Debo Samuel back. That's been confirmed. But they have no reason to rush anybody else back because they play uh, the Dolphins the following week and then they have like six straight games of really tough competition. It's like Rams, Seahawks twice, Packers, Saints. So they need to be healthy for that. So I'm a little worried that without, you know, too many too many players coming back, they don't, you know, put the foot on the gas all the way. But my initial reaction was Kyle Shanahan's going to take Doug Peterson and he's going to teach him a lesson. <laughs> I think I think we're going to see, I don't necessarily want to call it a rebound from Doug Peterson, but I think we're going to see some like over aggressive decision making just hmm. for the fact that he was so bad last week and is getting so, so you know, yeah. essentially getting flamed for it that I think he might be um, like hyper aggressive sort of situation. I think teams that are really desperate that um, could potentially cover a wide spread, even if they're not necessarily going to win that game. So that's my one concern with this. I am kind of waiting on that Jimmy Garoppolo news. I haven't heard officially I'm, not, I'm assuming you're probably more on top of that than I am um, as far as like if he's gonna go I do think we'll probably see this number bump up to a touchdown favorite if not a little more and I think in that spot definitely I would probably be buying into Philadelphia just because like at some point I think I have to um, mm-hmm. I know Carson Wentz is probably the worst quarterback graded in the NFL so far this well, year Dwayne Haskins exists yeah I guess he took he took over the cake but um, yeah in that regard I kind of think that Philadelphia is going to basically lay it all on the line and a team that desperate with nothing else to lose. Um, Doug Peterson might be coaching for his job here pretty soon. I do think that we're going to see at least a decent effort out of Philadelphia, and I'm kind of getting into them, I hope, at the ground floor. That's the only reason I kind of like San Francisco. Let me, let me tell like you what Kyle Shanahan likes to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Desperation. 
Do you think that you could run for 75 yards behind a Kyle Shanahan-led running game? Because I feel like me, almost – I mean – You give me a month to work on on some quick bursts, and uh, yes. The answer <laughs> is yes. Dude, he is – the, the way that he comes out in that game against um, Joe Judge's disaster of a football right. team, and he's got Brandon Ayuk running reverses. I mean, it was – his the, the 49ers run game is just so freaking diverse. It's incredible. Right. Yeah. I don't know who's better. I mean, like the Chiefs tonight – yeah. Chiefs last night basically playing Baltimore. Like their play calling is just insane. It's like they're just toying with the second-best team in the NFL, basically. I mean, I mean there was like – uh, you know the underhand shovel pass to Sherman that went for a touchdown. There was like a pop screen misdirection to Kelsey and another wheel route. And these guys are just like completely wide open in space. It's just unbelievable. I think Kyle Shanahan kind of has that ability, maybe more so on the running side of things. But mm-hmm. um, these two, those two coaches, seem so far ahead of the rest of the league that it's simply unfair that one is basically dealing with Jimmy Garoppolo and the other one gets the benefit of Patrick Mahomes. I know. But I know. Uh, that's Nick Mullins even. Right, exactly. But he's making magic happen with Nick Mullins back there at quarterback. 8.2 so. yards per pass play for the San Francisco 49ers last right. week. Granted, right. you know, New York Giants, but whatever. Um, okay, real quick, just give me one more side that you like. One more side that I like? I'm going to be – I think I'm on Carolina again this week. Oh, my um, goodness. I can't – I don't even know why at this what point. Was it, three and a half I, at home? It's at, I, th- I see it at plus four at home. Okay. Um, I think that's a buying opportunity. I think Arizona was probably a little overhyped to start the season. We saw Detroit go into Arizona, beat them this weekend. Um, Carolina's look decent at this point. Of course, they're kind of an afterthought in the NFC South, but I kind of am buying into them at plus four here. A um, little bit of home field advantage, even though we're not sure exactly if that even exists at this point. But um, I kind of like what Teddy's been able to do. I do think they have playmakers on the outside. I think Robbie Anderson was a much better addition that people gave them credit for in the offseason so dj moore and him um they look they look kind of viable at this point at plus four for me so you got one final one for me yeah i I like that one by the way um yes my final one is hopping all aboard the josh allen bandwagon minus two and a half in las vegas the las vegas raiders suck they have no defense um the buffalo bills will score 45 in this game um they're on a revenge tour, right? They, everyone doubted them. They're not, not going to take a week off. Sean McDermott is really good. Um, Bills win this game handily. Yep. We're officially Bills fan. Pivoting from Falcons to Bills. I mean, what more do you guys want I refuse to be so. the I refuse to be the loser that said, that looked at the data, realized that it was bad on a quarterback, it was bad on Josh Allen, said, hey, it's bad. But then refuse to look at it and say, "Oh, it's good," and be right. like, "Oh yeah, it's, he still sucks." Like the there's still, that, yeah, you know, there's still reasons. Um, there's still places that he's deficient, right? Like he takes a ton of chances. We're like, "Dude, what are you doing?" But the fact of the matter is, is like the dude makes plays down the football field, and uh, he has a little bit of that Jameis Winston, which is a compliment. Where you know, like he he just has a lot of high variance, but. Um, he makes things happen. So yeah, high variance is good. If you you know, based a lot on what the talent you have around you as well. Yeah, so, Stephon, um, Stephon Diggs makes that high variance good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so much separation. Yeah, he is awesome. All right, this was again another legendary edition of Ben Brown and uh, myself on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. If you haven't already, go to pff.com. Get yourself a subscription and set yourself up. We I mean, we're all already on to week four. You don't want to go another week without 
the prop king. So uh, you're welcome. See you guys.